Except Allah Azza wa Jalla, Allah wanna talk to your partner. And I testify that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is his final prophet and messenger. We are alhamdulillah reading of the tafsir of Shaykh Abdul Rahman al-Sa'di, rahimahu wa ta'ala. We've reached verse number 40 of Surah Al-Baqarah. Verse number 40 of Surah Al-Baqarah. And in the ayat which preceded verse number 40, we dealt with three creations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which Allah Azza wa Jal introduces to us in his book for the first time. The creation of Adam, the creation of yani, the Malaika, and the creation of the jinn. After these verses, Allah Azza wa Jal, He brings up a different theme. And that is the theme of the Bani Israel. The Bani Israel being the children of Israel. And Israel is Yaqub And the Bani Israel is formed by the 12 sons which were his descendants. The 12 sons which were his descendants is the sons of Israel. So Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions to us about the numerous bounties and favors which Allah Azza wa Jal has bestowed upon them. And Allah Azza wa Jal says, بَعْدَ أَنْ أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ يَا بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلَ اذْكُرُوا نِعْمَتِيَ الَّتِي أَنْعَمْتُ عَلَيْكُمْ وَأَوْفُوا بِأَهْدِي أُوفِ بِأَهْدِكُمْ وَإِيَّايَ فَرْحَبُونَ Allah Azza wa Jal says, O children of Israel, and we mentioned that the children of Israel specifically is the 12 sons of Nabi Yaqub, but also whatever clan split off from them. So this khitab, this address, is not just specifically to them, but it is also to the tribes who lived in Medina at this time, and whoever comes after them. So whoever claims to be a Jew, after them, this address is given to them as well. And Allah says, remember the favors which I have bestowed upon you, and fulfill your covenant with me, and I shall fulfill my covenant with you, and fear me and me alone. So here Allah mentions the general favors which He subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon them. And Allah He gave numerous Yani ni'am to the Bani Israel, as we will see. So when Allah Azza wa Jal brings the attention to remember His bounties, it means that they must acknowledge the bounties of Allah Azza wa Jal. Firstly, by way of their hearts. So remember the favors which I bestowed upon you. Firstly, it is acknowledgement of the favors by way of your heart. Secondly, by way of your tongues, by way of your tongues, meaning praise Allah Azzawajal for His bounties. And thirdly, the remembrance of these bounties must be made manifest on your limbs. So Allah says, O Bani Israel, remember the favors of mine which I bestowed upon you. Yani by way of your hearts, by way of your tongues, and by way of your limbs. Because this is true remembrance of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Just acknowledging the bounty is not true acknowledgement. Just praising Allah for the bounty is not true acknowledgement, but rather 
acknowledging it, praising Allah, and using this bounty in the obedience of Allah. This is true remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah says, Awfu bi ahdi, fulfill my covenant. Fulfill my covenant. And this is the covenant which Allah Azza wa Jal has taken with the Bani Israel. And this covenant means belief in Allah. This covenant means belief in Allah Azza wa Jal and belief in His messengers. Keyword here is messengers. Because the Bani Israel, they were known to reject prophets. As well as establishing the Sharia which these prophets came with. So this is the covenant which Allah Azza wa Jal took with him. And Allah Azza wa Jal says, if you do this, Allah says, Ufi bi ahdikum. If you do this, then I will fulfill my covenant with you. And this means Allah Azza wa Jal will compensate them and reward them. And this covenant, which is mentioned in this verse, it is also mentioned in detail in another verse. Where Allah Azza wa Jal says in Surah Al-Ma'idah, verse 12, Allah says, وَلَقَدْ أَخَذَ اللَّهُ مِثَاقَ بَنِي إِسْرَائِيلَ وَبَعَثْنَا مِنْهُمُ اثْنَيْ عَشْرَ نَقِيبًا وَقَارَ اللَّهُ إِنِّي مَعَكُمْ لَإِنْ أَقَمْتُمُ الصَّلَاةَ وَآتَيْتُمُ الزَّكَاةَ وَآمَنْتُمْ بِرُسُلِي Allah speaks about this covenant and He says, remember when I took when Allah Azza wa Jal took this covenant from the Bani Israel and He sent amongst them 12 tribes and Allah said, I will be with you meaning by my divine aid if you establish the salah and you give the zakah and you believe in my messengers so this is the covenant which is referred to in this verse that if you believe in Allah you establish the prayer because this is the sign of faith and you give zakat and you believe <coughs> in the messengers which were sent to you then this is fulfillment of the covenant of Allah Azza wa Jal and then Allah Azza wa Jal towards the latter part of this verse he mentions that which drives a person towards the worship of Allah and Allah says وَإِيَّايَ farhabun," and me and me alone should you fear because if you fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this leads you to fulfill the obligations and to fulfill your covenant with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because simply claiming to fear Allah azza wa jal, that's not sufficient. There must be proof of it in your actions. Because any person can say, I fear Allah. However, how do you truly prove your fear of Allah azza wa jal? by acting upon the commandments and abstaining from the prohibitions. And this in essence is rahbah. Because Allah says, وَإِيَّايَ فَرْهَبُونَ And this means to have khashya of Allah. And khashya, it is different to khawf. Khawf is simply fearing something because this object is deserved of being feared. And because of your reverence of this object. And every Muslim possesses khawf. Even the sinner. And the one who is not obedient to Allah. He has a certain level of khawf. But what Allah Azza wa is talking about in this verse, it is khashya. And khashya it is fear based upon knowledge. It is fear based upon knowledge. So you fear Allah Azza wa because you know Allah. 
by way of his names and by way of his attributes. And you fear Allah Azza wa Jal because you know the repercussions for yani sins. So you fear Allah Azza wa Jal as a result of this. This is khashya. And this drives you to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah Azza wa Jal, He gives them a specific command. A specific command whereby Iman is not completed without this command. And Allah says, وَآمِنُوا بِمَا أَنزَلْتُ مُصَدِّقًا لِمَا مَعَكُمْ وَلَا تَكُونُوا أَوَّلَ كَافِرٍ بِهِ وَلَا تَشْتَرُوا بِآيَاتِ ثَمَنًا قَلِيلًا وَإِيَّا يَفَتَّقُونَ First number 41, Allah says, And believe in that which I have revealed. Musaddiqan, which confirms that which is with you. And do not be the first to disbelieve therein, and no purchase with my ayat a measly gain and me and me alone should you fear purchase rather do not sell with my verses a, me, a measly gain and me and me alone should you fear so yeah Allah Azza wa Jal, he gives the Bani Israel a specific, specific command and this is to believe in that which was revealed yani by Allah Azza wa Jal, which confirms that which came before them. And this is a specific command to believe in the Quran. It's a specific command to the Bani Israel, we said generally the Jews, but also specifically the people in Medina, right? To believe in the Quran, which he has revealed to his servant, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And in this verse, Allah Azza wa Jal is commanding them to believe in the Prophet and to follow him. And this is something which is necessary. Because if they claimed to believe in the books which came before them, then these books necessitate that they must believe in the Quran. Why? Because Allah says, lima ma'akum. It confirms that which is with you. Yani, it is in agreement with that which is with you. It doesn't contradict the teachings in your book. Type. It doesn't contradict the teachings in your book. And if this is the case, that it confirms that which is in your book, you have no reason to reject it. Type. You have no re reason to reject it. Because this is the message which all of the Anbiya came with. Type. This is the message which all Anbiya came with. So you, in essence, O Bani Israel, should be the first to believe in this because you are considered to be Ahlul Kitab. You are considered to be followers of the book or the followers of the scriptures. So in this verse where Allah mentions Musaddiqan lima ma'akum, in this is a indication towards the fact that if you do not believe in that which has come from Allah Azza wa Jal to his final messenger Muhammad Sallallahu and you reject it then this is your belying the message which is with you Taib. and the reason for this is is since yani, Nabi Musa and Nabi Isa and all the Anbiya they came with the same message so to reject 
yani the message of Muhammad in essence is to reject the message of all previous prophets. Why? Because they came with the same message. So if you reject the message of Muhammad Sallallahu then this in essence means you are rejecting the message of all previous prophets. Another specific reason why this would be rejecting the, the messages which came yani, before the Quran is because in this book which is in your possession, the Torah, there is a clear bishara, there is a glad tiding that Allah Azza wa Jalla was going to send a messenger yani, to you. This is mentioned in the Torah, just like it is mentioned in the Injil. And so if you fail to believe in it and you belie it or you belie some of it, in essence, if you belie some of the book, it is rejecting the entire book. For example, even with regards to the Quran, a person believes in the entire Quran, but he says this one verse is problematic. I can't accept this as part of the Quran because yani, it goes against science or it goes against the intellect or whatever, and they reject a single verse of the Quran. This person then becomes a non-believer by way of this belief. So Allah says, And do not be the first to disbelieve in the book. And this is more balir, this is more eloquent than saying, don't believe in, or if you disbelieve in the book. Allah says, do not be the first to disbelieve in it. Taib meaning, do not be the first to disbelieve in it, meaning in the messenger and the Quran. Since, if they reject this, yani, hastily, then this shows that they have rushed towards kufr. So Allah says, do not be the first to disbelieve in it. Why? Because the opposite, it is required of you. Because messengers came to you, you had a divine book, and so if you disbelieve it, you are the first to disbelieve, rather than the pagans of Makkah, who did not have revelation. So Allah says, and do not be the first to disbelieve in it. And Allah says, وَلَا تَشْتَرُوا بِآيَاتِ ثَمَنًا قَلِيلًا وَلَا تَشْتَرُوا بِآيَاتِ ثَمَنًا قَلِيلًا And nor sell my revelations for a small price. Nor sell my revelations for a small price or gain. And this means that one of the reasons why they disbelieved in the final message and the messenger was because they thought that if they believed in Islam, they would give up their status and they would give up their worldly gains. So they refused to exchange their worldly gains for guidance. And so Allah Azza wa Jal said, nor sell my revelations for a small price. Because in essence, this is what they were doing. They were exchanging yani, the worldly life for guidance by way of rejecting the revelation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah says, فتقون, And fear me and me alone. Fear none other than me. Because if you fear Allah Azza wa Jal alone, it necessitates that you give precedence to belief in Him and belief in His ayat and his verses. Allah Azza wa Jal then mentions وَلَا تَلْبِسُوا الْحَقَّ بِالْبَاطِلِ وَتَكْتُمُوا الْحَقَّ وَأَنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ Allah Azza wa Jal then says and do not mix up the truth with falsehood 
and conceal the truth whilst you know. Right? Two major crimes. Allah Azza wa Jalla is mentioning to them. And Allah says, وَلَا تَلْبِسُ الْحَقَّةِ To not mix up the truth with falsehood. Ya Allah Azza wa Jalla prohibits from them, or to them two things. And that is mixing the truth with falsehood and concealing the truth. Because the Ahlul Kutub, the nations who receive books, what is becoming of them is to manifest knowledge and to make knowledge distinct from falsehood. Type, and this is supposed to be true even with regards to the people who claim to be followers of the scriptures today. Today you find them going against many of the prohibition which is found in their books. The prohibition such as intoxication. The prohibition such as homosexuality and changing your gender. All of these matters should be agreed upon amongst the adherents of the scripture. But you find them going against this. And this is a form of yani, mixing up the truth with falsehood. So because they are people who received revelation from Allah Azza wa Jal, it is becoming of them to manifest knowledge and make this knowledge distinct from falsehood. Type secondly, Allah Azza wa Jal says, وَتَقْتُمُ Right, concealing the truth. Because concealing the truth, yani, is a major sin because those who have the truth should manifest it. Right, those who have the truth should manifest it. And Shaykh Abdul Rahman says, those who have these two traits within them, mixing the truth and concealing the truth. He says, this is considered to be the du'at of Jahannam. That you have callers who call towards Allah Azza wa Jalla in His pleasure. Likewise, you have callers who call towards the fire of Al-Jahannam. And from amongst them are those who reject or mix up the truth with falsehood and they conceal the truth. They conceal the truth. So what is important for us to note here is that this address is given to the Bani Israel. And this is one of the most often mentioned groups or nations in the Qur'an. So we mentioned a golden rule with regards to the verses in the lessons which preceded us, and that is Al-Ibratu Laysat bi khususi sabab walakin bi umumi That the lesson which is taken is not in relation to the specific contents, context or revelation to what it referred to, but the general lesson is taken. So why does Allah Azawajal mention to us so many accounts of the Bani Israel? To be a warning. To be a warning for us. To be a warning for the nation of Muhammad Wasallam, And this nation, they will resemble the Bani Israel. This nation, they will resemble the Bani Israel. So we don't say this specifically refers to them because it can refer to us as well as Muslims. And then Allah Azawajal says, وَأَقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَآتُوا الزَّكَاةَ وَارْكَعُوا مَعَ الرَّاكِئِينَ Allah Azza says, and establish the prayer. Establish the prayer. It's different just to saying, perform the prayer. Allah Azza is saying, establish the prayer. And what does establish the prayer mean? We mentioned it in the beginning verses of Surah Al-Baqarah. Mubtaz. To establish the prayer means to establish the prayer with all of the preconditions of salah, right? 
wudu, satul aurah, istiqbalul qibla, facing the qibla, etc. As well as establishing all the pillars of salah. So perfect qiyam, perfect ruku, perfect sujood, saying all of the prescribed remembrances. It also means establishing the prayer in its fixed times. It also means establishing the prayer externally and internally. Meaning with an attentive heart, with khushu and khudu, and all of that which Allah Azza wa Jal commanded us with. So Allah says, and establish the salah, zahiran wa batinan, externally and internally, wa atu zakah, and give the zakat to those who are deserved of receiving it. Warka'u ma'ar raki'in, warka'u ma'ar raki'in, and bow down with those who bow down. Bow down with those who bow down. And this is, as Sheikh Abdul Rahman mentions, it is an evidence. It is an evidence for Salatul Jama'ah. This is an evidence for the obligation of establishing prayer in congregation. Right? Warka'u ma'ar raki'een. Warka'u ma'ar raki'een. And as we mentioned previously, Allah Azza wa Jal, He gathers many times between establishing salah and giving zakat. Why? Because establishing salah, it is a sign of your sincerity to Allah. Establishing salah is a sign of your sincerity to Allah and it's a sign of your iman. And giving the zakah is a sign of your ihsan, a sign of your excellence and kindness to the servants of Allah Azza wa Jal. And this is the rights of Allah Azza wa Jal and the rights of His servants. So the person who gathers between the prayer and he gives zakah, this is a sign of his iman. This is a sign of his iman. Allah Azza wa Jal then says, أَتَأْمُرُونَ النَّاسَ بِالْبِرِّ وَتَنْسَوْنَ أَنفُسَكُمْ وَأَنْتُمْ تَتْلُونَ الْكِتَابِ أَفَلَا تَعْكِلُونَ Allah says, To you then, command the people with bir. And al-bir is a term given to everything which is considered to be good. وَتَنْسَوْنَ أَنفُسَكُمْ And you forget yourselves. وَأَنْتُمْ تَتْلُونَ الْكِتَابِ Whilst you recite the book. أَفَلَا تَعْكِلُونَ Do you then have no sense? أَفَلَا تَعْكِلُونَ Do you then have no sense? So, أَتَأْمُرُونَ نَاسَ بِالْبِرِّ Al-Bir, Shaykh Abdul Rahman mentions it means Al-Iman Wal-Khair. Bir is, when you hear this kalima, this word in the Qur'an, it means belief and all forms of good. Taib. وَتَنْسَوْنَ أَنفُسَكُمْ And you forget yourselves, meaning you leave this command. You enjoin this upon the people, but you forget yourselves in the process. Taib. And Allah says, وَأَنْتُمْ تَتْلُونَ الْكِتَابِ And whilst you recite the book. So they recite the verses which is found in the Quran and they enjoin this upon the people, but they themselves, they do not apply to themselves. Taib. وَأَنْتُمْ تَتْلُونَ الْكِتَابِ أَفَلَا تَعْكِلُونَ Do you then have no sense? And he mentions here, that the intellect has been, called, has been termed aqlan لِأَنَّهُ يَعْقِلُ بِهِ مَا يَنْفَعُ 
min al khair because by way of the intellect a person comprehends that which benefits him of good so the intellect is called the intellect because by way of the intellect a person comprehends that which benefits him of the good just like the intellect should cause a person to move away from that which harms them this is the intellect the intellect causes you to differentiate between what is good and what is bad and this is such since the intellect it encourages the person to be the first person to establish the goodness that he calls towards if your intellect is sound and you call people towards goodness then intellect necessitates that you be the first person to practice upon what you call towards and the intellect also necessitates that if you forbid something you must be the first to abstain from that thing and this will mean that the person's intellect is sound this will mean that the person's intellect is sound Allah Azzawajal says in another verse concerning this matter right that if you don't practice upon what you call towards then you fall into what Allah Azzawajal mentioned in the following verse Ya ayyuhalladhina amanu lima taquluna ma la taf'aloon kabura maqtan indallahi an taqulu ma la taf'aloon Allah says O you who believe why do you say that which you do not Allah says great is this sin with Allah Azzawajal that you say that which you do not do so the believer his actions is in conformity with his statements whatever the believer calls towards and he believes his actions is conformity with us and if yani, knowledge reaches you and you have clear knowledge but you don't practice upon it then this is a sign of fasadul aql that the person's aql is it is corrupted just like yani, this also is establishment of the proof upon the person because the person cannot feign ignorance I did not know this was haram I did not know this was innovation I did not know that this belief was not a belief of the people of Islam you read the book, you recite it, you understand it. This is known as establishment of the proof upon the person. This is known as establishment of the proof upon the person. Sheikh Abdul Rahman then brings our attention to a very, very important mas'ala in relation to this matter of enjoining the good and forbidding the evil. And the mas'ala is a person who calls towards something, type, a person who calls towards something must practice upon it this is firstly secondly if a person he forbids something or he commands something but he doesn't practice upon it can he say no I can't then yani forbid this or enjoin this upon the people do you understand what I'm saying a person who is in a position, and this is every Muslim, of da'wah, but he himself has shortcomings. Can he use his shortcomings as an excuse not to call the people? There is no hadith based on that. No, there is hadith on it. 
But the question I'm asking is, can the person use his lack of practice as a proof? And the answer is, the answer is no. Right? The answer is no. Firstly, because the command to enjoy the good and forbid the evil, this is one command. The command to practice is another command. Or let's put it vice versa. First to practice is one command, and then to enjoy the good and forbid the evil is another command. So if you don't practice it, that's a sin upon you. If you don't enjoy the good and forbid the evil, that will also be a sin upon you. Type. So the fact that the person doesn't practice doesn't mean he can't call. Type. Because this is two separate obligations. It is two separate obligations. However, we know that people, um, the fitra, the innate disposition, is that they will only accept from people who practice. And this is, we know, based by experience. That if you tell somebody, you know, fear Allah, this is haram, fear Allah, establish the prayer, you say, brother, why are you worrying about me? Look at yourself, look at your children. But that person will also be falling into a sin. Type, by rejecting the goodness that you command and the evil which you forbid. So it's not a proof for either. It's not a proof for the person who is falling short to say, I can't enjoy the good or forbid the evil. Nor can the person who is being called by way of this person reject what that person is coming with. Because it is two separate obligations. It is two separate obligations. Taib, Allah Azawajal mentions in verse 45, Allah says, seek help and aid from Allah by way of patience and the prayer. And indeed it is great and difficult except upon the khashi'in. Except upon the people who have khashi'a of Allah. We have fear of Allah based upon knowledge. So Allah Azza wa Jalla commands us here in this verse to seek His help and assistance with regards to all of our affairs by way of patience and all the various types of patience. Because as the ulama mentioned, patience, the comprehensive definition of patience is as follows. Firstly, as-sabru ala ta'atillah hatta yu'addiha. To have patience upon the obedience of Allah up until you execute this obedience. That requires patience. Taib, to wake up for Fajr in summer. It's extremely early. Taib, in winter, to perform wudu with cold water requires sabr. Uh, females, the Muslim women who wear hijab, it's a challenge to wear hijab in the summer when people are enjoying themselves, right? So this is something which requires patience. So you must have patience upon the obedience of Allah up until you execute it. Secondly, sabru ala ma'asiyatillah hatta yatrukaha. To have patience from the prohibitions of Allah up until you leave it. Because in essence, sabr means habsun nafs. It means to refrain oneself. So to withhold yourself back from falling into that up until you leave it off. It's also something which requires patience. Because in order to do that evil, you simply have to do it. But to withhold yourself, this is something difficult. 
And then finally, sabru ala aqdarillah al-mu'limah. To have patience upon the difficult decrees of Allah Azza wa Jal. فَلَا يَتَسَخَّتُهَا And so the person does not yani, express his distaste at the decree of Allah. And this means withholding his tongue from saying something which displeases Allah, just like not holding bad thoughts and beliefs about Allah Azza wa Jal because he has decreed some form of difficulty or calamity for you. And this is sabr in its comprehensive understanding. So Allah Azza wa Jal says, seek help of Allah by way of patience. But not just patience, Allah says also by way of a salah. And this is a great coping mechanism which Allah Azza wa Jal has given us. Many people can be forbearing. Sometimes even the kuffar can show sabr in the face of difficulty. However, just patience is not sufficient to deal with that difficulty. Allah Azza wa Jal says also by way of salah. And so we can only imagine people who do not have the prayer in their lives, how difficult it must be to bear the calamities and to bear patience. So, Allah Azrael says, seek the help of Allah by way of patience and salah. Since salah, it is the determining factor for your iman. And salah, it causes the person to abstain from obscenities and evil actions. And so the person seeks the help of salah with regards to all of his affairs. And Allah says, وَإِنَّهَا لَكَبِيرَةٌ إِلَّا عَلَى الْخَاشِئِينَ And this, yani, to seek the help of Allah by way of salah, it is difficult. Salah, Allah says, is difficult. Shaqa, it is something wherein there is difficulty. إِلَّا عَلَى الْخَاشِئِينَ Except upon the people who have khashya. Yani, the people who have khashya, for them, the prayer is something easier for them. It is something light, it is not burdensome. Taib? Because the khashi, the person who has khushu, he establishes salah because he anticipates and he has hope in the meeting of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the one who prays salah, munsharihan sadrahu, and he has, yani, is when he finds salah, this is the person who anticipates a reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In opposition to the one who is unlike this. For salah and the other acts of worship, it is difficult for them. Taib, it becomes the most difficult thing to do. So the people of khushu, for them it is easy to establish the worship of Allah. Because they have hope in the meeting of Allah azawajal, but also by way of the worship of Allah, they find ease. And they find, to a certain degree, relaxation. And Allah Azza wa says, وَإِنَّهَا لَكَبِيرَةٌ إِلَّا عَلَى الْخَاشِئِينَ 